Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Contact us today for a free document assessment at catbiz.com. Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. Oaklawn, Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, here's Justin Akri and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of need his name up in lights, he just wants to be heard, whether it's the beat of the mic, he feels so unlike everybody else alone, in spite of the fact that some people still think that they know, but no, he knows the code, it's not about the salary, it's all about reality and making some noise, making a story, making sure his click stays up, that means when he puts it down, talks picking it up, let's go. Anyway, he never really talks much, never concerned with status, but still even in starstruck. Humble through opportunities, given despite the fact that many misjudge him because he makes a living from writing rats. Put it together himself, got a picture connect. Never asking for someone's help, but to get some respect. He's only focused on what he wrote, his will is beyond reach. And now it all unfolds, skill of an artist. 20% skill, 80% fear, be 100% clear, because Ryu was ill. Who would have thought he'd be the one that set the West in flames? And I heard him wreck it with the crystal method, name of the game Came back, dropped mega death, took him to church I like bleach, man, why you had the stupidest verse? This dude is the truth, now everybody giving them guest spots And stocks through the roof, I heard from with that stock 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power Honestly, from the outside, it looks difficult for me. It's fun. <laughs> so, I got 1A, 1B, 1C, and I got Dominic on the way and Isaiah on the way. So, it's, it ain't difficult for me. It's fun. So, they compete. Like I say, about the guys all the time. It's fun because I know one going there and run for 10. I know the other one's saying, give it to me so I can run for 15. And next one's saying, give it to me so I can run for 20. So, they're not selfish at all. All the ones see each other be successful. All the ones be do better. So that's a beautiful thing for me. So it's fun to me. All right, that is Arkansas running back coach Jimmy Smith talking about his loaded room. And we talk all about Rocket Sanders. But Arkansas obviously has a very talented running back room. And we welcome you in on this rainy Monday. Hope everybody's off to a good start today. And we're going to be talking a lot about fall camp. And Razorback football today. We'll talk some NFL as well. Coming up, bottom of the hour, Tom Murphy will join us from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, a special Monday appearance, get a recap of what he's seen through the first week or so. And then we will also talk some UAPB football a little bit later with their new head coach, Alonzo Hampton. So, here we go, boys. It'll be here in just, uh, what do we got there? What's the board say, West? 26 days. 26 days to football mm-hmm. in Fayetteville and all across this land. Actually, we don't have to wait that long. we got a week before that with zero weeks, so we'll be doing football in the not-too-distant future. One week from Friday, my son has the his first uh, game in their, their little charity game down yeah. in Benton. So Exciting. Yeah, it's upon us, man. Here we are. So, ready to rock and roll. It's, it's our favorite time of year. Friday was fun because that was the first day, and you could just hear Tom Murphy's going to join us later, but Tom was on with us Friday, and, and it was a different Tom Murphy. Yeah, the, the excitement, you know, of covering that first practice because Friday morning they went at 640. So they were already done. They'd already had their press conferences, and uh, it was a it was a Tom Murphy that was a little giddy because he got to cover college or yeah you know, college football with the Razorbacks. And I think I don't know, and we'll ask Tom this, but it seems like to me the theme after the first three days of practice has been the the depth that this team has built all of a sudden. Um, and I think it's a lot of it is you know they've hit on some of their you know freshman classes the last couple of years, but it's it's the portal man. He is, uh, Sam Pittman is going the Eric Musselman route, and you've seen Dave Van Horn have success, but he's hit the portal, and they've hit these on these guys. Uh, you know, the strength coach felt like just watching these guys work out in the summer and seeing their athletic ability, they felt like they hit on every single one of the guys in the portal. And now you're seeing in practice through three days, granted it's only three days, 
that these guys th- that came in through the portal are players, and they're going to help this team if nothing else. I mean, they may not be starters, but they could be second teamers. And on the defensive line, the, the linebacker core, and the secondary, that's huge because when somebody gets hurt and somebody's going to get hurt, you've got a guy that's already played a lot of games, played a lot of snaps, and made a lot of starts that's able to come in and replace that guy. What's the deepest position for the fa- for the Razorbacks, you think? Running back. Okay. What's the second deepest position? Defensive line. Okay. Or do you want to go defensive ends or defensive tackles? Because they're no. both deep. D-line's fine. When you have nine seniors on the defensive line, that's incredible. What's the third most, what's the third deepest position? Secondary, def- defensive back, cornerbacks. Because safety is, the, to me, the, the, the one question mark that they got to figure out. I feel like wide receivers pretty deep, too. It's not necessarily a lot of proven guys that have been here, but... It's there's a lot, lot of them. unproven guys. Yes. Yeah, just because there's a lot of de- there's nine tight ends on the roster too. I wouldn't say <laughs> tight ends a, a deep position. Well, no, though. I think that there's a lot of wide receivers that will contribute this year though. Well, we heard you know from the players that came to countdown to kickoff that you know Tesla has been very impressive. They feel good about Satania. What? That white boy can move. Wasn't that what they said? That white boy can run. Yeah, that dude can go. Anyway, they've got some talented guys. I agree with you. Sam Pittman talked over the weekend about. His wide receivers. Again, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of intrigue about that position, but a lot of question marks because there's many unproven folks in the group that will be contributing in a significant way this year. He's fast, and he's big. By the way, he's talking about Andrew Armstrong out of the gate, but he'll get it to the other guys. He's fast, and he's big. You know, it's kind of, I'm old D2 player, you know, where I was in AIA, but they're D2 now. It's kind of neat to bring a couple guys from Division Two ball that had, you know, they both, I think, had about 1,000 yards in catches. And then, you know, they developed later. And here comes Armstrong, and and uh, he's fast and big. We was talking about it actually on the golf cart right over here because he had made a catch in a, from K.J. in a two-minute drill. And he's just – he's I think K.J. really believes in him and those things. But you got him and Tesla and – I was I was excited about Satagna. You know, he did some good things today. Part of it was his blocking, his ability to go in there and, and mix it up. Um, but you know, with Wilson and and Bakke and those guys, I I just feel like we're going to have a, a nice receiver core, and we certainly have the size uh, that we need out there. Total guesswork. Although I'm sure you have a strong opinion about it, but who will be the leading receiver this year? Ooh. We can do that as a question of the day later in the week. I do not have an opinion okay, on it. Good. All right. Well, it'll be. Uh, we'll see if our listeners can come up with the the right answer. And then we need to save that poll and see how close they get by the end of the season. KJ Jefferson talking about another wide receiver, Davion Dozier. Wes, what do you know about this young man? True freshman uh, came in, and they said he's gone to work as far as <clears throat> learning the playbook, coming in early, staying late, trying to create a relationship with the quarterback, which is smart. You know, if I was a wide receiver, I'd be like, you want to go throw? You want mm-hmm. me to go catch passes? Every day, anytime, you know, call me, I'm ready. And that's what's been the, the most impressive thing about him, to be a true freshman, come in and, and to be able to pick up the playbook and, and uh, be somebody that, you know, a lot of times the quarterback, when he drops back, he wants to know that that receiver's where he's supposed to be. And right now, the, the young kid's doing that. And a lot of times, young freshman wide receivers don't. 6-4, can't teach that either. K.J. Jefferson on the freshman receiver. Davion's a great guy, man. A uh, great teammate to have. Uh, he's young. He's maturing in some areas uh, quickly. Um, he's, like I said, coming in on them off days. I mean, he's the first one in the build. I mean, he's excited to work. He's ready to work and eager to learn. I mean, so having a guy like that as a freshman coming in that's eager to learn and ready to work and also just bringing the other young guys along with him that's showing them that, hey, we can we have, we have a chance to do some um, big things here. So just bringing the guy in like Davion, I mean, is, is a great asset. All right, well, there you go. We will see what uh, what shakes out with the receivers as the camp wears on, and I'm sure we'll get a lot more information. Maybe Tom Murphy has some opinions so far from what he's seen in camp. Um, NFL football is upon us. We're going to have some preseason games here in the not-too-distant future, right? This week, Thursday, we get games? Yeah, yeah. we had the Hall of Fame game. That was, uh, you were gone. What was the question of the day? How many people are, yeah, watch are it? you going to watch it? And it was, I don't know, it was pretty low on who was going to watch it. And then the next day, it was, did you watch... And it was even greater no. Like we, for example, eighty-four percent said no. Well, Christian and I said, "Yeah, we're going to watch." I mean, it's football. I want to see this. And Thursday night, uh, I come in from doing my sportscast and learned that we don't have a six thirty newscast because we had 
Astros and Yankees on. Mm. So I sat down at my desk. I just left it on Fox and watched a little bit of the baseball game, then went to a birthday party, went out to the party and had uh, dinner, and the game wasn't on. And then when I came back to work, I never turned it on. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the night, I was like, oh, I never watched the game. And I I was going to, but... It didn't mean enough to me to turn it on. No, I don't care. Unless my team is playing, which they are, on Sunday against the Chiefs at noon, hmm. uh, I probably won't watch too much. Now, I might watch the Cowboys because we carry them and I'm interested, and I would probably watch the Chiefs even if they weren't playing the Saints just to see what the, the champs look like. And, again, what you know, they're going to be looking at like you know backups. I can't imagine Patrick Mahomes is going to play too much. Hmm. But I would expect most of the guys are going to take a few snaps in preseason at least just to shake off some rust and get in some game-type situations. But then I saw the story this morning, and I told you guys, I actually broke some Cowboy news to West for the first time maybe ever. Mike McCarthy says he hasn't made a determination, but he's leaning against playing Dak at all in the three preseason games. Does that? Do you have a feeling about that? For me, especially with a guy that's coming in, new organization with Carr in, in New mm-hmm. Orleans, I want to see him play. If you're a quarterback that's trying to figure things out or your offense maybe struggled a little bit last year, I, and again, I don't know how much difference it makes. You can try to create game-like settings, I suppose, and in practice, but you don't because you don't ever let the quarterback get hit. But again, do you want him to get hit too much in a preseason? I don't know. I, I could see, again, football's a dangerous game. And anytime you step out there, it could be the first play from scrimmage in a regular season game. It could happen. But I mean, I, I'd like to see my guy get out there at least for a series or two. I want my quarterback playing in the preseason. Uh, not the whole game, of course. Uh, there are only three games. I, I'd play him a little bit in game one, and then I'm going to play him a little bit more in game two, maybe. I'm okay with him playing a half in game two, and then he sits in game three and uh, is ready for the preseason. We saw this last year. If you go back, the numbers, offensive numbers at the beginning of the year were down, and that was a lot of the time what they were saying, the analysts, the experts were saying it was because these quarterbacks aren't playing in the preseason, and it's taking them a little, little bit to get adjusted to the speed of the game and get into the flow of the game. And I... I I think with the Cowboys, the team that has some high expectations, one game at the beginning of the year that if Dak's not clicking, Mm -hmm. that could be the difference in winning the East and and not winning the East or having home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. Because, you know, it's it's going to be a 14 and 3 record probably, maybe 13 and 4. It may have to be 50. I don't know. But at one game that your quarterback wasn't ready, and if that cost you, that to me is disappointing. It's amazing to me. Having watched, I just finished quarterback. Um, I watched it on my, my trip this, this last weekend. And it is amazing how much you can click one week. And then, again, there's so many different mm-hmm. factors and variables week to week with game plan and everything else and the, the opponent and what they're good at and what you're good at and matchups and that kind of thing. You can be an all-world guy and just have a horrible week, you know, one week. It's pretty amazing to me. So... I mean, some of it may be the fact that they're a little rusty coming out of the off season, and they didn't play in the preseason. But some of it could just be that it's not a great matchup too. And we were—I heard them talking about the Jets. The Jets out of the gate—they've got a tough schedule right out of the gate. They have a high expectation. A lot of people expect them to win their division, but they've got a really tough schedule. They're gonna be tested early on, so I don't expect them to be just world beaters right out of the gate because they've got a tough schedule out mm-hmm. of the gate. So I don't—I don't know what the right answer is. Um, here's the thing, too. This may be a dumb, dumb thing to say. Won't be the first time we could ask Coach Kelly about this. How can you create the most game-like situation in practice because then it's still controlled? In a, in a preseason game, it's not controlled. You can't make the defense do anything. So nobody wants to get anybody hurt in preseason. I think that probably goes for both teams. But um, And you don't want the opposing team to get hurt either, especially if you're not playing them in the regular season. You don't want to see anything bad happen to them. But can you create a game-like situation or game-like feel in practice because you've obviously got NFL guys on the other side too. So I don't know if you can do it. Like, Could you play closer to football in practice, like, mm-hmm. could you say, okay, we're going to wrap the quarterback, we're not going to take him to the ground? I mean, can you play a little bit closer? Because the quarterback, again, I don't think you can get the real feel because you know you're not going to be touched or hit. And if they don't allow for that, you know, it's hard to really get the timing down because there isn't that fear of being hit by, you know, a defense. I think uh, maybe some of these controlled scrimmages against other teams, you know, when they visit, you know, camp and have these practices, and those practices get pretty heated. But they're not hitting quarterbacks, but right? But they're not. Yeah, they're still still one of those things. You don't hit the quarterback. But I think that way you're getting a, a different look than your defense provides you. You know, after a while, you get to know that, you know that cornerback that's lined up right there, and you're like, 
my guy's going to beat him. He mm-hmm. can't, you know. But then once you get another team in, you don't know the personnel as well, then it's, to me, it's a little bit more football there, and mm-hmm. it's a different look for that quarterback, and that's good for the, the quarterback. So I would think that would be the most game-like situation you can put a quarterback in. You would hope a guy like Dak and some of these established quarterbacks that have been around for a while, they, they know what to do in practice, and they can get themselves ready for, for, for game week. And I, I guess that's what the Cowboys are banking on with Dak, that, look, it's more important to have him healthy. He's, he knows how to get ready during the fall camp, and he'll be ready to go. Um, by the way, Bo Limmer, uh, back to college for a second, has been named to the Remington Trophy preseason watch list, I saw. And we'll, uh, we'll talk more about the Razorbacks, and we'll hear from Tom Murphy coming up in just a few minutes. I want to hit on a couple other things, too. But uh, questions of the day, Christian, before we get too far, let's stay with the NFL for just a second here. Yes, do you want your starting quarterback to play in preseason at all? Yes or no? Uh, Wes is a yes. I'm a, I'm a yes just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm a yes for sure, like with Carr going yeah, yeah. To, to New Orleans. I want to see him out there with He's the new guys. To. Yeah, I would think so. But like Patrick Mahomes, it's like, I understand it. You probably don't have to play him. But Yeah, I mean, with his ankles, you got to take care of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh. And then our other question today, what do you think the Pac-12 does? Folds, expands, or merges with the Mountain West? you got four pretty good pieces left. Well... A couple well, of good pieces yeah. left out of four. I mean, Stanford's still a great Stanford's program. good program. And they're yeah. good at everything. I mean, you look at the Governor's Cup, they're always up there. Except yeah. for basketball, yeah. And football. Well, yeah. women's basketball is elite. Okay, good point. Yeah. Men's basketball, they stink. Baseball's good. Football's good. Sometimes. Mm. They have been. Or, yeah. Yeah, okay. They have the potential. Yes. Uh, Cal is kind of a crap athletic program right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Washington State. Yeah. Bad. And Oregon, Oregon State. State. Bad. Yeah. yeah. So somebody, I saw, I read something over the weekend. They may throw Stanford, maybe, and Oregon State, a lifeline. Somebody might, or maybe it was Cal and, Cal and Oregon State. Who anyway, would do that? I don't know. Maybe the Big Twelve, but I don't know why. You I saw want something about Big Twelve and Oregon State, but I'd have to look a little deeper. Yeah, with Oregon in the in the Big Ten, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Right? No. But they got to do something. I mean, well, Oregon State does. When you're drowning, you can't be picky on which lifeboat you go to. That's a good point, Wes. That's a great way to say that. So we do want quarterbacks to play. I think all of us do. And then uh, what do you think happens with the Pac-12? you have a feel? Uh, I just can't believe it got to this point this fast. Like, I did not expect to come home from a few days off and be like, what? Just imagine, I think it was 2010 when Texas and Oklahoma were talking about going to the Pac-10. Mm-hmm. How different things would look yeah. today, yeah, uh, because they they would have brought eyeballs, ratings, interest. It would have helped the Pac-10, Pac-12 tremendously. And Texas now, and Oklahoma joining there makes more sense than than the teams that left the Pac-12 to come to the Big Ten. To me, from mm. a, and the geography is obviously yeah. it's coast to coast league now with the Big Ten, so it's crazy. No, and it just it stops at the, it starts at the top, and a lot of people are pointing to uh, Larry Scott and just butchering this the the deal and not getting it done, and right. from being um, really at the forefront of things to now being left behind. It, it's amazing what's happened in over a decade. I mean, this is a this is an organization or not an organization? I guess it is to some degree a league. It's been around. I mean, it's been around my whole life, and mm-hmm. obviously there's been some variances over the years, but. It's amazing to me. The Pac-12, I thought, would be there forever. I just thought there was a good yeah. enough connection. Plus, they're so separated from everybody else in the country as far as the major conferences, proximity-wise. I thought for sure they would stand on their own two feet forever. Uh, the Big 12 was on life support, you know, five oh. years ago, and now all of a sudden they're a league that you could consider, you know, one of the top couple. Now the ACC is in somewhat of a question mark position mm-hmm. because Florida State apparently is very unhappy with their situation over there, and if Florida State jumps to the name a conference. I mean, that's a huge piece of their puzzle that they lose. And then what does Clemson do if it gets to that point? Well, you start looking at these TV contracts, and the SEC and the Big Ten are projected to be making uh, each team, each university, over $100 million a year. And you start looking at the contract for the ACC, I mean, they tripled. Mm-hmm. They're going to triple those teams. You can't sustain that as a university when, think about Arkansas pulling in $100 million a year, and then Florida State's pulling in $33 million a year. Right. That's $66 million every single year that they're out getting to outspend you. You can't sustain that, and so that's why Florida State's upset, and then you can go Pac-12. 
Dude, they were having to talk to Apple Plus about mm-hmm. getting a TV contract, and who's going to watch Apple Plus? And and then if nobody's watching it and paying for it, then Apple Plus isn't going to pay the Pac-12 any money, and then they're not going to get any revenue. So that's why they voted no on this whole TV deal, and then they just all went their separate ways. It is it is yeah, it starts at the top with money, and it's the TV contracts. Who's watching? And that's you know if Texas and Oklahoma would have gone to the Pac-12, that would have helped the interest, and people watch that conference, and then they'd have got ratings. And they'd have got that TV contract, mm-hmm. and now there's no reason to watch. Well, they blew it a long time ago. Yeah. You had your chances. And how many times do we sort of joke about Pac-12 after dark? It became kind of a running joke. Mm-hmm. Nobody's watching games that kick off at 10 or 11 o'clock Eastern time. They're just not. You're not going to get ratings. Well, sometimes so, I was watching. I just wouldn't remember it the next day. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, I liked having those late night games, yeah. especially I get done calling a game or on the road. We'll go to a you know place and grab a beer and a, a, a bite to eat late night. I love having those games on, but... I mean, that's not sustainable, or that's not a, a great business model. And, yeah, you need to kick off some games at 5 o'clock on a regular basis. You just need to get the right TV contract. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they blew it a long time ago. It was, I mean, you could see the writing on the wall. Anyway, uh, if you want to join us, 661-1037. One good thing that happened while I was away, we've got a new text line sponsor. It is Southern Structural Solutions. So welcome back, Aaron Eford and the folks from Southern Structural. Great to have them on. And when you text in on that, Text line at 501-661-1037. That is the Southern Structural Solutions text line. We're happy to have them. Also, Asher Ecker Live fan feedback through our Listen Live button. Savage is on the line to start the week. What do you say, Savage? What's up? What's up, fellas? Everything all right? Everything's great, man. Thanks. Hey, been good. Good. You know, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you don't start any of these preseason games. But if you're Dak Prescott, play the whole game. Let's prove, prove to me something. I'm a Cowboys fan. Dak has proven nothing as a starter in the NFL. So why does he get this treatment like, you know, I mean, am, am I missing something? I mean, he's, he's like a backup to me. He has not proven anything to me as a Cowboys fan, but he gets like this clout, like, you know, is he the only, is he, like, obviously he's the best option for the Cowboys, that's all he got. You know, but am I missing something with this, with this kid? I mean, what does he have to do this season to make me a believer? Because I don't see it. I'll get off here. Thanks, bud. Sounds like to me he needs to win the Super Bowl to make you a believer. Um, I think Dak's a good quarterback. He's a top ten quarterback in the NFL. I don't think you can argue that. Um, the problem, the reason he can't play the entire preseason is because you have to play second team offensive linemen. You have to play third team offensive linemen because you got to find out if those guys can play and make the club. You got to play second team wide receivers, third team wide receivers to see if they're good enough to make the club. You don't want Dak behind that offensive line. Or you don't want Dak having to throw to those guys, not knowing where they're going to go. Uh, he needs to be playing with the first team, and you can't play the first team the whole game because you got to get other guys snaps. You're 100% confident he's a t- – I'm not arguing either. He, you're 100% confident he's a top-team quarterback? Yes. Okay. I mean – Christian, would you make an argument to the contrary? No, I wouldn't. He's probably towards the bottom of the top ten, but he's top ten. I don't yeah, think there's any I'd doubt about that. I'd say he's 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, somewhere around there yeah. probably. More like you had the you had the list the other day. Remember the tiered list? Yes, yes. He was second tier quarterback, and there were some guys on that second tier that I'm like, oh. he may be the best quarterback in the NFC. He's in that argument. That's a him and a he and Jalen Hurts, right? Because yeah. the NFC is terrible quarterback wise. Yeah, AFC's loaded. Sorry, Derek Carr, anyone? <laughs> Sam Howell. I'll tell you what. Listen, I'm not going to say he's an elite quarterback. But the one lasting impression from watching the quarterback series on Netflix, and I will tell you this, I can't wait for next season. And you still haven't watched it, right? No. I know you. Whatever. Have we just? Have we found who? Who's doing it for sure? No, I have okay. no idea. Uh, but again, Christian, there is no way as a sports fan that you wouldn't enjoy it. You'd love it. It is so the way they. I, I thought, okay, well, when they get to the playoffs, they won't get the kind of access they got during the regular season. No, in the Super Bowl, they got access just like they did in Week One. It is so spectacular what they were able to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't like Brittany Mahomes at all. That did not change. I'm glad that they were able to kind of weed out. Jackson Mahomes is in almost every episode in some form or fashion, but he doesn't have. They don't hear. You don't hear one word from the guy mm-hmm. the entire time. It's a really weird deal. Like he's over there standing by uh, Brittany and the kid Sterling in the pre in the pregame, but he his brother barely acknowledges him. It's pretty funny. I'm sure he, he acknowledges him. We just don't see that. I don't know. I don't know why I wouldn't go. Like you kiss your wife, you kiss your kid, and then maybe you give your brother a dap or something. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I mean, he basically doesn't know. Anyway, uh, but anyway, what what the ultimate thing is to me the most lasting impression I got from the entire series, other than Mahomes a freak, is Kirk Cousins is as hard a working human being as I've ever seen in any capacity in any job, 
and he's also about as likable a human being. Forget about being an athlete. I mean, this is a guy that takes off his helmet and puts on his dad hat immediately, and sometimes at the same time. I just, and that's a hard balance. I'm not saying the other guys aren't great at it. They, I mean, I think Mahomes does a good job too. You know, he obviously is uh, tries to be a, a you know dad as much as he can be when he's not playing quarterback, but. Cousins is an impressive dude, man. I was just really blown away by his likability. And as a guy that doesn't care about the Vikings, it's going to be hard for me not to root for him as an individual at least this season. No. No. It's it's changed. Look, I, I even liked um, Mariota. I mean, yeah, very much. I hope he has success at Philadelphia so much that I, I knew they cut him. I wanted to find out where he was. And I, I Googled Same. him and I was like, oh, good for him. He's the backup for the Eagles. Well, by the end of the series, they talked about it. He mm. actually bumped into somebody in Hawaii, and she said, oh, yeah. you're going to Philadelphia. Yeah. So they had they had actually talked about it in the series. But I guess I Googled it like before. before yeah. yeah, to and figure that was, out. I, same thing. Yeah. Exactly the same thing. It's funny. Um, but he's a very likable guy, too. And listen, let's be honest. I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a way elite backup. As far as a second-rate guy or second-team oh, yeah. second guy, oh, take he's way up there. For the Cowboys, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, but I, if you haven't watched it, I think it's just phenomenal. They did a great job. I was a little late to the party, but it was really, really well done. Uh, 10.31, we'll talk to Tom Murphy on the other side and get his thoughts on the first week of camp up in Fayetteville. we got rain out there. That means the roads are slick. You don't want to be sliding around, hydro, hydroplaning on the uh, highways right now. Make sure you have a good set of tires. Check out Big O Tires and Cabot and Conway. Great selection of tires. You can go to the website, bigotires.com, slash deals to see what deals they have going on right now. Huge selection of tires, all the name brand tires, plus they have the Big O Tire. Great tire. And they do more than just tires. They'll do brakes. They do alignments. They do a lot of things. If there's something wrong with your vehicle, take it to Big O Tires, Cabot and Conway. And Conway, they're on Hark Rider and Cabot's Prospect Court, right in front of Kroger. Big O Tires, the team we trust. Listen for birthday trivia in the zone with Justin and Wes, presented by Elia's Mexican Grill in Moralton, home of the chocolate nachos. Take exit 108 for award-winning Mexican food made fresh every day. This is SportsCenter. There was plenty of concern for the U.S. women's national team following a group stage that saw them win one game and draw the next two. That concern was validated as the two-time defending world champions were ousted by Sweden in a 0-0 draw that saw the U.S. go down in penalties. The Stars and Stripes had misses from Megan Rapinoe, Sophia Smith, and Kelly O'Hara in the penalty shootout. The U.S. ended the tournament on a 238-minute scoreless drought. It was the U.S.'s worst finish in the history of the Women's World Cup. In college sports, news over the weekend, it became official. Washington and Oregon will join the Big Ten in 2024. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah will join the Big 12 in 2024 as well. The Pac-12 now only has four schools left. Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Brewskies is the spot for lunch downtown. Burgers, wings, sandwiches, loaded fries, and healthy options like wraps and salads. Prepared from scratch daily and made hot and fresh to order. Happy hour starts at 11 a.m. and those drink specials go with everything on the menu. Brewskies, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Monday night is poker night with two games nightly, 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. only at Brewskies. Hurry up, dude. The game's about to start. Nothing beats spending the day watching the game with your buddies. Dude, I'm literally right here. Let's do this. Which is why a shelter insurance renter's policy is key to your winning game plan. It protects things your landlord's policy doesn't. Uh, dude, where's your TV? What? No way, dude. Like that flat screen TV that just got stolen. See agent Steve Ferguson in Little Rock, Bo Beavis in Cabot, or Daniel Vickers in Sherwood. Greenway is partnering with local food banks for our fifth annual Food Bank Backpack Program fundraiser. These programs send healthy food home with kids facing food insecurity so they can go to school ready to learn. A $10 donation provides a child with up to 40 meals. And that's not all. Two lucky participants will win one of Jason Aldean's personal John Deere Gators. To donate, text Go Backpack to 44321 or visit any of our 32 Greenway locations. 
Come check out the latest in large-scale logging equipment, attachments, supplies, tech, and services at the Southwest Forest Products Expo, August 11th and 12th at the Hot Springs Convention Center. Watch the Timberworks Lumberjacks competition, see chainsaw sculptures by artistry and wood, and visit the online video arcade. Fun for the whole family. Visit www.arkloggers.com for schedule, info, training workshops, and links to our online ticket hub. Adults over 16 are $5 to enter. Kids under 16 are free. See you in Hot Springs at the Southwest Forest Products Expo. For the best in midday sports talk and entertainment, look no further than The Zone with Justin Agri and Westmore on the Buzz Radio Network. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and make you yeah. want me. Now that I escape, sleep, walk away. Yeah. Those who yeah. cover late know the world they kick. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake, they break. When they meet their 400 pound mate, if I could fool the world, everyone would have a gun in together, of course, when get the up and on their horse. Kick around, drinking moonshine. I thought we had an outstanding summer. You know, um, really, really excited where we're at, but I'm not satisfied where we're at. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're here to get better every single day. We're going to push the envelope with that, but we made a lot, a lot of strides. We've gotten faster. You know, we've got 36% of our guys that wear the GPS that can run 21 miles an hour or faster. Uh, we got five guys that can run 22 or faster. Uh, we got 61% of our team that can run over 20 miles an hour. And you're, that's that's everybody. I'm talking about O line, D line, tight ends, and your skills. You got you got over half your team being able to run 20. So, got faster. Strength numbers went up. Um, very pleased. Uh, the gains that we made, the camaraderie, the to connect togetherness that we've uh, we've accomplished. But uh, we got to turn it up a notch as as we get here in training camp. Welcome back in zone. It is 10:37. Ben Souter is the strength and conditioning coach for the University of Arkansas. Talking about some strides made in the off season. Does it translate to the field? Well, for that we go to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Ask Tom Murphy. Ask Tom Murphy. That should be the name of his segment. What's up, Tom? How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. We're between uh, watching a little bit of practice and then talking to the DBs here in just a, just a little while. All right, very good. We were talking about depth, and that's going to be one of the interesting things about this team. And sounds like strength and uh, speed, also something that the Razorbacks can hang their hat on. Does it does it translate to the field? Have you Does the team look bigger, stronger? I mean, all those things? All right. Well, here's what I'm going to say, because this was on my mind yesterday, actually. Um, and I'm not I'm not trying to overhype the team, but I am saying that from day one, Sam Pittman said we have to be bigger and stronger. He saw the way Georgia was building, okay? And he's been in the league long enough, you know, from Tennessee back in 2012 or whatever to see how you build. And the teams that win games are, are bigger in the trenches and then have fast guys. And they are bigger than I've ever seen them since I've been covering the team. I mean, when you can line up Torian Carter – and uh, Eric Gregory and Cam Ball and Tank Booker, you know, you got four 300-pound dudes, and they look like an SEC defensive line. Mm-hmm. Now, can you go any deeper than that? I like their end. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of concern places for me, you know, safety and then maybe ultimate depth at linebacker. But I do believe they're in better position to withstand injury than they have been. I mean, they're taller at receiver. And, and you, you look at them, and they're taller at, and bigger at the positions you want to be tall and big at. So, Tim Pittman has a formula, and he's building to that formula. Now they just need to, you know, catch breaks, convert plays in the red zone, and all those kind of things. And, you know, they could be a contender if they can stay pretty healthy and, and be uh, and a really efficient offense. Okay. So... What's the area that you feel the best about? We were talking about depth earlier. What's the what's the position you feel the best about? Well, that's a that's a slam dunk. It's running back. Um, not that you want to see any of them get hurt, but if they do, I mean, it just I, I, if Dominic Johnson comes back to form or even close to it, then 
they probably got four guys they could count on. And if Isaiah Augustov, the, the freshman, could catch on fast, and just say he could be like Dubinion was last year, mm-hmm. then you got five guys. So the depth, depth I feel the best about for this team um, at running back. And then, you know, quarterback, I think they're in decent shape. It's hard to keep two or three guys that you feel like are D1 starters these days, but I think they're okay there. I mean, I don't know if you want Kate Fortin to go through the meteor schedule, but now he's been through it a little bit more. So um, quarterback, I think they're going to have to make a tough call, and Sam has referenced this in recent days. I think they're going to have to make a call if they feel like they're deep enough at corner to for someone to go play more nickel. Because mm-hmm. um, right now your depth at nickel is like you know, Jalen Lewis, and uh, A.J. Breathwaite and some other guys. And they're calling that the hog right now. But Jalen Lewis is a redshirt freshman. So let's just say Jaheim Singletary or Jalen Braxton is good enough to run with the ones along with Dwight McLaughlin. Then maybe you could move Snacks Johnson to nickel and have a little bit more depth there. Hmm. Interesting. So receiver, we were talking about that earlier. We had a soundbite from Coach Pittman, and then there was also one from K.J. talking about the freshman Dozier. What have you seen in that group? Because I think we all are optimistic, and we'll talk about this probably a lot the next few weeks, that we're optimistic about the talent that's at that position, but also it's largely unproven. The more I see about it, okay, so when you're heading into spring ball and you see, oh, they added Andrew Armstrong, Ty Broden, uh, Isaac Tesla, um, and you're like, hmm, okay, these guys came from smaller schools and whatever, but they're tall. Well, we saw what they did in spring, so I felt better coming out of spring. Now that I've seen it in camp, I think Andrew Armstrong could be the lead receiver on this team based on what I've seen. Tesla makes some great catches. He made one today. Um, And so my concern level on that position has gone down because you know that Satania is going to get a lot of catches. Uh, You feel like he and Stevens are a good combo in the slot. And I feel pretty good about Armstrong and and Tesla. And then they've talked about how Jadon Wilson – and Sam Bakke have made big strides, you know, carryover guy. And Bakke had a great day today. Um, Wilson, um, I think he might have had a drop uh, in the end zone on some um, two-on-two work they were doing in the red zone. But, you know, all in all, I, I feel like they might be okay at receiver. And, you know, we're going to talk to Kenny Guyton tomorrow and get a little bit more insight there. We're going to ask this question tomorrow, I think, is our question of the day. Who do you think is going to end up as the top receiver? Have you seen a connection with K.J. and any receiver where you feel good about it? I mean, we heard a lot from the guys that came to count down the kickoff. Tesla has been, you know, very much making, um, you know, some headlines as far as the, his teammates go. Anybody you, you feel pretty confident saying this guy's going to be either up there or at the top? Um, yep, I said it a minute ago. I think Armstrong has a chance to lead the team in catch now. I know they're going to get the ball to Satania. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to catch bubble screen. They are going to run those and see if they can get everybody blocked up on the edge and let Satania use his speed. He's one of the 22-mile-an-hour guys that they have. So that's going to happen. Now, when it comes to converting third and nine and, you know, you're throwing, you know, some kind of a flag route or something or a post, then Armstrong, he's got, he's got the height. I think he's got the want to. K.J. has clearly made a connection with him. And I would I would say a slight advantage to him over Tesla, but I think KJ has I think KJ has gotten his you know confidence and trust level with those guys where it needs to be. Thirty nine. I also want to be looking at tight ends. Anyone separating themselves at that position? Um, they're rotating guys around. I mean, obviously, Has is going to be a big a big star here at Arkansas. He continues on his current course. Um, you know, backs is kind of your workman like, you know, uh, when you're running two tights and you're going to run the ball, uh, backs is your man. He's bigger. And, you know, he needs to be a little bit more physical, even though he is big. And I think Ty Washington is a good combo tight end. He's running with the threes right now, but he's going to get playing time this year. And then obviously the new batch of guys between Easter, Gums, and, um, Sherman, they're going to find reps for those guys. And I haven't seen a whole lot of them, you know, in the, in the fastball starts yet, but I think that's coming, and they really they really loaded up at that position. Yeah, I was talking to T.J. Williams the other day at our event, and 
I was like, dude, there's nine tight ends on the roster. Now, I realize they're not all scholarship and they're not all going to be factoring in, but it is amazing to me when you look and you just pull it up by position. Like, there are nine of these dudes. Anyway, pretty funny to me. Uh, we're talking to Tom Murphy on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, getting ready for uh, the upcoming season. We're about 26 days away. We're at 26 days away. What, what about KJ, Tom? Anything stand out to you about his year-to-year, especially when you factor in a new offensive coordinator? Mm, just that he's saying all the right things about what his mesh with Dan Enos has been like and how it's helped him learn more of, uh, you know, the pro style, so to speak. Um, they're certainly going to be in, you know, some different formations. Um, I think his reads are going to be a little different. I think he's going to need to have a lot more pre-snap stuff down pat this year. Um, a lot of times, you know, they went fast, and it was after the snap, and he saw what the adjustments his receivers were making that K.J. had to make decisions. And I think this year a lot more is going to be determined what he sees pre-snap. So we'll see how that plays out. But otherwise, I think he's really serious about the game, and he wants to be good. And if you have that combination, then, you know, you're, you're putting yourself into the schemes, into the learning, into – if I see this from the defense, these are the adjustments we need to make. And, um, you know, he's been a good face of the, of the franchise, so to speak, for two years. And I, mm-hmm. I hope he has a good, healthy year because if he does, he's going to be the holder of several career records at Arkansas. And, you know, uh, yeah, he's been a special kid for Arkansas that he, that he set that first year when things were so chaotic. Then he set behind Felipe. Mm-hmm. Now the reins are hit. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so we talked about tight ends and receivers. How much have you seen, and I don't know how much you guys are getting to actually see as far as action goes, but um, as far as them throwing the, the ball to running backs, and in, in that role, who do you like the best? Is it is it Rocket? Is, it, is that the obvious choice, or are there other guys who feel better out, out of the backfield catching the ball? <laughs> Rocket is the obvious choice because he played some wide out in high school, and we saw the catch he made against Bama you know, late in the game that brought them within a touchdown two years ago. I mean, fantastic catch in the end zone, but Let's don't discount, you know, Javinian's, um wheel route, not that anybody was covering him against BYU. That was a huge play in that game. I think it was right before halftime, mm-hmm. and it extended their lead out. So Dominion can catch it, and A.J. Green can too. I mean, that that is a really special running back core, and I wrote about it some uh, yesterday or the day before, that uh, it's amazing that Jimmy Smith is such a great recruiter that he, he got him on campus, and he's kept him on campus. And um, A.J. Green could be his spokesman any day because A.J. Green, to me, you know, is symbolic of he knows that they some of those guys could go out and be starters elsewhere or get more reps, but they're all in this together. And honestly, if you have a pro career in mind, running backs, you know, free agent running backs and late-round pick running backs make it in the NFL all the time. And uh, so the less wear and tear you have on your body as a collegian, maybe the more you have as a, a, a wage earner. Tom, I'm trying to figure out, uh, there's some video circulating on Twitter of Rocket Sanders catching a pass out of the backfield and uh, running over a defensive back today that was coming up to thud him. And, I mean, the collision, it was, do you know who that was, who, who he ran over? Funny you should mention that, Wes, because Mason, who did the video, and I was there, I saw the play, it just it so fast, you know. Like keep track of everything. Yeah, but it was Carson Dean, linebacker, who before he leaves Arkansas, I think he's going to be a special linebacker. But you know, he was studying, and Rocket was studying a little bit better about that. By the way, Carson Dean six four two thirty four, and the collision. It, it looks like he's a little kid. I mean, that's just. I mean, it, how powerful Rocket is. That's mm. crazy. I I thought maybe it was like a DB that was like six foot one eighty. <laughs> this was a, a big kid. It's, it's a great, it's a great indicator because I was like, "Hey, Mason, who's this guy? I can't make out the number. Uh-huh. Who, who is this D? Who is the DB?" Uh-huh. When I texted him, he's like, "Yep, it was a linebacker." Wow. Yeah, that's the same thing. I'm watching. I'm like, "Who is I, this DB that he's running over?" Hold that video. I want to. I'm going to see uh, that in the break. Uh, we're talking to Tom Murphy on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports. Bo Limmer named to the Remington Trophy watch list. You've got Brady Latham, another proven commodity for Arkansas. Curious about the tackle position. Who's who's running first team, second team? Tom, what are you seeing in the early days here? Yeah, well, you know, we're going to talk about this all throughout camp, right? Because on offense, probably your biggest question, can Devin Manuel and Patrick Kudis hold up the edges? How much help are you going to have to give them? That kind of stuff. And that, those are the two guys who are running with the ones. I guess the good thing 
is Tykeese Crawford can play tackle, and he's got such experience, or, you know, he's, he's such an older player that you feel like he could hold hold down the fort if he needed. Uh, and then, you know, Andrew Chambly and Marion Harris, who were both freshmen last year, um, and um, I said this with you guys last week, the Sam Pittman recruits, we haven't seen a lot of those guys filter in so far, so this is going to be a big year that Manuel and Kudis both are Sam Pittman, you know, Cody Kennedy recruits. Can they get even more depth out of those guys? Scott Fountain over the weekend spoke with the media about special teams. Any differences to expect to see this year out of special teams? We were cutting that up this morning a little bit, actually, talking about how apparently their internal data shows that, you know, maybe across the board in college football, if you can kick down to the, you know, one or two and try to pin people, you wind up with better uh, opponent field position, or I guess worse opponent field position starts uh, than simply kicking touchbacks. And as much as kicking touchbacks was a big deal for Arkansas last year, they led the country in touchback rate with Jack Bates. Um, maybe this year they'd be more inclined to try to pin guys because when you look at Arkansas's kick returns, A.J. Green's one of the fastest guys on the team, but yet his um, kick return average was around 16 yards. So that means unless he catches it on the four, he gets 16 yards, you're starting on the 20. That's a net gain. And so I think they're really, they've really dived into the data, and mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see as many, so to speak, intentional touchbacks. Hmm. And um, they might want to try to pin people by tackling them inside the 25 more often. That's interesting. Well, Tom, we'll leave you to it, and we'll catch up again on Friday and get a, get a recap of the week. But I appreciate the time today. Thanks for coming on a special Monday here. 10-4. See y'all. Hi, buddy. Tom Murphy, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Good stuff. Yeah, I think that says a little bit more about the depth of the team, too. In past years, that kickoff uh, coverage team, you would hold your breath. You're like, oh, God, here we go. Oh. Yeah. And then when it went out, you know, and you kicked a touchback, you're like, heck, yeah, they even had tackling. But that's the, and that's why people liked it so much, because they were burnt so much on the right. kickoff returns from the other teams that maybe they feel like because of that added depth through the portal at linebacker, defensive back safety, guys are going to be going down and covering those kickoffs that they feel like, you know, we're going to have a good unit. I held my breath a lot last year during the punt when they were punting, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fletcher was a disappointment. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any other way to slice it. He lost his job. Yeah, Bauer steps in, and now Fletcher, he got it back. I guess he punting the bowl game because Bauer had transferred. Uh, Fletcher, obviously poised to have, hopefully, a better season. He certainly didn't meet expectations last year. Here's Scott Fountain on the punter. I think so. He had a really good spring, uh, really, really good summer. We did a lot of charting in the summer as well. I was really proud of him there. Today was our first day to punt live, and I think I was three punts. He hit what I'd call an A ball. Second ball is a B ball, you know, so two or three were pretty decent balls. But I, I think he's heading in the right direction. You know, when I, when I was uh, – when I was at Georgia, Jake Kamara was a punter we had there. And Jake was a really good talent coming out, very much like Max. But um, he his first year at Georgia, he had an okay season. But his second year, he was just off the charts. So I, I, I'm hoping to see Max do the same. I think that first year as a punter is a really tough, tough task. Outdoor Products in Alexander is your metal roofing superstore. 40-year warranty colors are available at only $289 a foot. 20-year colors are $259 and Gavaloom runs $249 a foot. A variety of seconds and overruns are currently available at $1.95 a foot. Come buy quality outdoor products in Alexander right next to the I-30 Speedway. Stop by the lot, call them at 501-455-0240 or check out their website, qualityoutdoor.net. Big O Tires knows it's frustrating to jump through hoops. We hate them as much as you do. So we're bringing back our buy three, get one free sale. At Big O, we legitimately give you a free tire. We don't mark it up. We don't make you mail in a rebate. You honestly get a free tire. No hoops. Buy three, get one free. At the Big O Tire stores in Conway and Cabot. We have something for every vehicle. So save money today and get tight, service, straight talk at the Big O Tires in Conway and Cabot. Does your knee pain keep getting worse? 
How about that pain in your shoulder or your hip, maybe even your back? Don't let them tell you steroids and surgery are your only options. Take my advice and call my friends over at QC Kinetics. Hey everybody, it's RJ Hawk. QC Kinetics can make that pain go away with all-natural advanced regenerative medicine. They're helping people all over Central Arkansas every single day with this amazing natural treatments that restore and repair damaged tissue. It's just like turning back the clock. Regenerative medicine uses a concentrated healing agent from your own body to stimulate that damaged tissue in your joints so that they'll work like they're supposed to. And there's zero downtime. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting medical breakthrough. Patients are getting real lasting relief and are saying no to surgery and no to drugs. And the consultation is free. Call QC Kinetics today at 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. It's Justin Acre for CertiPro Painters, and I get so excited when I get a chance to call my friends at CertiPro and tell them I've got a new project for them. CertiPro can help take your idea for a project and make it even better. The good thing is you know you can get on the schedule and get that project started quickly. But it is starting to fill up fast, so you need to get on the schedule ASAP with my friends at CertiPro. Each CertiPro Painters business is independently owned and operated. These folks live in your community and want to help you get the best paint job possible. Schedule your free estimate at CertiPro.com. That's Certa with a C. Bank OZK has always strived for excellence. During every economic storm, through every season of hardship, and despite every obstacle, we've reached for greater. Because we know to achieve excellence, you've got to keep pushing, keep building, keep growing, and just keep going. At Bank OZK, we're reaching for greater heights so you can be greater than you can imagine. Visit a branch or OZK.com today. Bank OZK. Greater awaits. Member FDIC. If you're looking for the best midday sports talk show in all of the land, look no further than The Zone in the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio with Justin Akbury and Wes Moore. Southern Structural Solutions text line, Wes. Oh, man, it is lit. Well, that's good. All we needed was a great sponsor, I suppose. Welcome. Welcome back. Is it okay to call them the Triple S hotline for uh, short? I don't think that Aaron would appreciate that. He'd probably prefer to have the name of the company mentioned on the air a lot since he's paying for it. Southern Structural Solutions text line looks like this. Wes? It looks like ooh, Rebecca says, wow, I actually agree with Savage. Keep Mahomes out of preseason games. He has nothing to prove, unlike Dak, who's only proven that he knows how to get the big bucks from Jerry. What's wrong with that? Don't you want to get paid? Uh, Savage says, Wes, I would be happy if Dak could win a couple of games in the playoffs. He... uh." Scroll down. Come on. He doesn't need to win a Super Bowl. I understand not paying, playing him with the second string. I just want the Cowboys uh, to win more. I know that. Ta- yeah, no. Taylor and Cabot says Dak is not a top 10 quarterback. Here's the list. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. No problem with those three. Mm-mm. Justin Herbert, four. Aaron Rodgers, five. Jalen Hurts, six. Whatever. Trevor Lawrence, seven. No. That's uh, no, he's one year. No, I'm not ready to jump on Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is only he's played more than one year. No, one good year. Okay, uh, I mean, B can make an argument. Lamar Jackson. Okay. When he's healthy. Yeah, don't forget about Lamar. Hold on that list. Tire and Brake Tire Pros makes automotive service and tire buying simpler. Always treating customers like family. All About Tire and Brake Tire Pros is family owned and operated, built on honesty and friendly service. Stop in today to shop our wide selection of Continental and General Tires, all backed by a nationwide warranty. All About Tire and Brake Tire Pros.